The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Bet DSI is going all out to provide value to you. That's betdsi.com, and you get a special promo code here on the Dream Preview. It's Bell101, B E L L. One zero one B E L L one zero one, and what do you get? You literally get a guaranteed winner. How's that? Well, think about it. You have the amount of money that you deposit using Bell one hundred one promo code, and that money is doubled. It's doubled automatically up to twenty five hundred dollars. So listen, the best bet in the world only wins sixty percent at best. This way, whatever amount of money you start with, you literally are starting with double with this special offer, betdsi.com, and this is exclusive to the promo code BELL101. Welcome to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Weekly winners from his Wise Guy Roundtable. Broadcasting from the pregame.com studios in Las Vegas. Here is R.J. Bell. That's right. College football week number six with my Wise Guy Roundtable. To my left, with all the college knowledge, Brad Powers. In front of me, a cutoff shirt for the 38th straight week. Ken Thompson, <laughs> arms showing. Steve Fezzik. I'm R.J. Bell. Guys, what an exciting time to be alive. Sometimes, you know, life's not easy. Let's be honest for anybody. But sometimes, sometimes it all just comes together. As Hannibal used to say on the A-team, I love it when a plan comes together. And I just had a feeling. Sometimes you have a feeling. You just do Sometimes grab this dude by his heels, turn him upside down and shake all the money out of his pockets that he owed these people. (laughs) Just sometimes. And I and for those that didn't listen last week, shame on you. But based on the response on Twitter, this is what people are so excited about. Steve Fezzik, the only two time super contest champion. He has a mansion. He has a yacht. And he came with a best bet in college. I don't know if it was the way his eye twitched. I don't know if it was the turn of his mouth. But I I sensed doubt. And then I saw Brad agree. But I looked over at Brad and he looked a little logy. He He looked like it'd been a long day. He works hard. He gets up early. And then I saw Ken looking at his watch. Because he has his radio show. And they all agreed with it. And it struck me. It struck me. Weakness. I sensed weakness. And then what happened? No one could believe it. It's like, wait a minute. Fezzik? Brad? Ken? And little RJ comes up. But first, but first, I had to negotiate my plus 110. Because even in a good bet, I liked it always. Fez, you don't look happy. I had 11 selections, <laughs> premium selections last week. I went nine and two. You reached into an urn, shock full of white marbles, blindfolded, and pulled out my black pick. 
I told you it was, I sensed it. And guys, it's a great time to be alive. That's all I'm going to say. Let's go around the horn. We do this now. It's a new feature every week. And we talk about how your cash bets went in the last week. I'm Brad Powers, and I'm up $180. I'm Ken Thompson. Unfortunately, I'm down $220. I'm Steve Fezzik. I feel like I landed on Indiana Avenue in Monopoly with four houses. I owe $750. $750. And I'm R.J. Bell, and of course, I won it all. $790. Gimme, gimme, gimme. All right, guys, hand it over. So, Brad, let me see. How much you owe me? I think it's the other way around. What do you mean other way around? I don't know you anything. You're crazy. TCU last week, old Miss oh, no, no, no. this week. We're, we're not talking about some fa- some yeah. some ancient history. Right now it looks like what? We're even you and I? I think I no 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 no. no. Oh, so Brad and RJ 200 and then Brad and RJ play. Oh, so you owe me two, 20. 20? 20 plays. Here's 100. All right. Any change. That's 20. Okay. No, actually, I do owe you. So that that twenty goes back into what I owe you, Ken. Two twenty. Two twenty. Wow. Let's see. Can you hear this? Okay, Fez. Your money's in the center here. I already wow. put put mine in there. Help help yourself to what's owed. Oh my god! It's like a poker. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Mackie County's out. Come come closer to the mic. Right. One, two. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Whoo, dog. <laughs> all right. Enough of that. <laughs> I mean, I could do that all day. Yeah, I bet you could. <laughs> but guys, it is now, it is now, it's going to be a bloodbath because you know everyone's mad but me. And I tell you, that's the way I like it. I like people's emotions to get in the way. Showtime. First game this week, LSU. They also are overrated in the AP poll, laying two and a half right now at Florida. Brad, make your case on the overratedness of LSU. Yeah, first off, LSU comes in this week at number five in the AP poll. I say five's overrated. I don't even have LSU in my top 10 right now. LSU comes in at number 11 in my power ranks. And here's what I see with LSU. Yeah, if you're going off a resume and you're counting just straight up wins against Auburn on the road, away from home against Miami, sure, I have no problem putting LSU five. But the eye test for me with LSU says they were fortunate against Auburn. I'll agree with Fezzik on that. That one that was a lucky win. The Miami game very misleading. LSU not my top ten. They're overrated. So does anyone disagree? I think that's a consensus. Does anyone disagree with that? Okay. Now this is a question we asked on straight out of Vegas, and and I think it's a good one. What do you think the the Vegas betting markets think of LSU relative to the AP and relative to your opinion, Brad? Well, right now, as far as future odds, uh, 50 to 1 for LSU to win the national title. That's more in the range of a team like West Virginia that's right around number 10 in the AP poll. Hmm. All right. So in this game itself, can you like... Florida. I do like Florida because Florida got a wake-up call week two when they lost at home to Kentucky. Since then, Dan Mullins got his team focused, at least defensively. They're playing very well. Felipe Franks, the quarterback, doing what he needs to do, pretty much spreading the ball around. Nobody going to step up and grab your attention as far as being a dominant offensive player. 
but they're kind of using the Baltimore Ravens scenario back in the day. Don't let Trent Dilfer lose the game. Same thing. Don't let Franks lose the game. Rely on a good, solid defense. I think they'll do that at the Swamp, and I think LSU will have trouble running the ball. That'll put pressure on Burrow to throw the ball down the field, and I think he's going to struggle. I think he's going to uh, turn the ball over. I, I look at Florida as a team that creates turnovers. They're plus nine turnovers on the season. They got six uh, in one game, and I just think they're a team that's going to be able to take care of business at home and win this game handily. Yeah, I lean with Florida on the Florida side. And look, Florida's got a new coach this year and Dan Mullen, who's very familiar with that personnel for LSU. Of course, Dan Mullen being the former Mississippi State head coach last four years, he's played LSU. He's 4-0 against the spread, at least his team was. Average covered by 16 points per game. He's obviously figured out uh, LSU at least recently. Fez. Lean Florida. I learned a valuable lesson on Monday night. Don't. Not, not to buck me. Don't not to buck you and not to play into a bad number. And this line was three. That's why I don't like it down to two and a half. Okay. Dave Esler, pro number five, or well, I guess pro number four. I'm not a pro. And well, you sure, certainly cashed like a pro. <laughs> hey, I, I, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just lucky, right? I think you guys should keep batting against me <laughs> any chance you get. And my luck, hey, Fez. You're Fezzik. I'm not. Your luck is bound to turn. You are lucky hitting that jack on the turn. (laughs) Keep believing it, baby. All right, Mr. Esler, he's got a thought. This week's perception versus reality. My perception reality team is Florida. I think around the country, people think Florida is a marginal team. Reality is they've got one loss, lost to Kentucky, not a bad loss. Another reality, they just won two SEC road games. I know one of them was at Tennessee. They also beat Hale State with the Cowbells. Tough place to win. Last year in Gainesville, Gators lost three games by a total of nine points. One of them was to the LSU Tigers by one point. I remember that game because it was about five days after Tom Petty passed away. Tom Petty's from Gainesville. At the end of the third quarter, they did this really cool tribute where 80,000 people sang, and I won't back down. The LSU band and their fans tried to drown it out. Totally classless move. They've been talking about it all year. They're talking about it in Gainesville this week. So the perception here is that LSU wins. I think the reality is Florida won't back down. Ooh. You like that. that, that Dave getting a little uh, artistic here. Yeah. So what do you guys think? And again, that's one of those things... You know, the dearly departed Malinsky would have poo-pooed. I think people are more human than we give them credit for, right? We know how human we are, but we always look at other people and think, you know, there's something just extra complex about each of us, but there's really not. We're all human. That that theory makes sense to me. What do you guys think? Of the whole Tom Petty thing and all that. Absolutely. And I'll say this, obviously there's a lot of bad blood between a lot of programs in the SEC country. I would say there's as much bad blood right now between LSU and Florida than any other rivalry in the SEC right now. Ooh, good stuff. All right, guys. So to recap, Esler likes Florida and Ken Thompson likes Florida. No green buttons. Next up, Clemson, 17 and a half favor at Wake Forest. Boy, Fezzik, pass, Ken, pass. And you're talking about the neck injury, right? So let's quantify how important Lawrence is, Ken Thompson. Yeah, he's big time important now that 
Bryant has transferred. Look, Bryce played a good, solid game, Chase Bryce, and threw a beautiful pass on a fourth and six with the game on the line last week against Syracuse to bail Clemson out, help bail them out. Their defense was solid. Their running game, Etienne is one of the best running backs in the country at over 200 yards. So they've got quality defense on the line. They've also got quality running game. But until I know the status of Lawrence, until he has a full game under his belt, I'm not touching this team. I'm staying away. Now, how do you characterize Lawrence, Brad? Uh, I think, just generally speaking, him to the third-string quarterback is at least a, a touchdown downgrade. Here's my major thought and concern as far as back in Clemson is are they going to be careful with him offensively? Because he is a lot more mobile than people think. He's actually uh, He gives you an option at the uh, RPOs, the run-pass options. Uh, i got to think after that scary injury, they're not going to have a lot of quarterback runs in the offense, at least for the next couple of weeks. So a little bit more conservative from Clemson. With that being said i still lean with the tigers here because i cannot get out of my head that notre dame offense running through that wake forest defense left and right all game long i still think clemson has some success offensively lean with the tigers boy at least a touchdown i'm ready to press the button i would have thought more like 13 points for the adjustment there am i completely on an island yeah, you're on or not. 13 points. He, the most valuable player in college football, and he's played. I mean, he's a true freshman. I got made I, a half a start. I was not impressed at all with that third string quarterback. Uh, he got bailed out by his receivers. Renfro caught a pass that was completely misthrown. He looked awful to me. He, he didn't. I mean, but he did convert a, a fourth and six and with the game on the line and a season on the line. So give the kid credit for that. But I'll say this. Clemson was struggling when Lawrence was in the game. So I wasn't overly impressed with what I saw from Lawrence the first quarter and a half. But let's be clear here. The Clemson quarterback that came in off the injury last week, how would you characterize his play? Uh, Trevor Lawrence? Yeah, I mean, he's a, when healthy, at least from the first... No, no, I'm sorry. Uh, the quarter... The Chase Bryce. Yeah, Chase Bryce. Oh, I said the quarterback that came in off yeah, the injury. below average. Below average for a Division One quarterback? Below average for a program like Clemson. Okay. Average you- for a Division One quarterback. He's a four-star recruit. He's not a five-star recruit like Lawrence, but he still he answered the bell when the game was on the line. And that fourth and six was not a six-yard pass. It was like a fifteen-yard pass in the air. Very impressive. So, Fez, what thirteen point? What's been the biggest? I mean, I've never seen a college player worth more than ten. So you're saying a guy and Lawrence has played like two and a half games. Yeah, three and a half games. Yep. And you think he's the most valuable player in the history of college football? Well, he replaced a guy that was extremely successful, so you have to have his power rating high. And just the eye test, they're a 24-point favorite, and they got completely outplayed for 58 minutes against Syracuse. But, Fez, I I mean... I mean, if if Freddie Fanny Pack was here eating a deep-fried Twinkie... What would he say? Be Freddie. No, Brad, you can be Freddie. Okay. Is what would Freddie say about the Clemson quarterback situation? Well, that, that Trevor Lawrence kid, I'll tell you what, man. That kid looked good in the first three and a half, four games. Hey, he's good, man. They don't have him. They ain't got no shot. That backup quarterback, they almost lost to Clemson for Pete's sakes. I mean, they're done. That season's over with. He's got to be worth at least a couple touchdowns. Holy cow. If you were here the first day and you did that, I'm thinking I'm going to build a company around that. Dude, more, more of that. 
Ken, how good was that? That was awesome, man. Brad oh, Powers, my God. Uh, another side we haven't oh, seen. Oh, my God. Maybe I Faz, can... you got to recover. I mean, he just gave you like three right crosses. Maybe I confused Trevor Lawrence <laughs> with Johnny Lawrence of the Cobra Kai and how important he was to winning the All-Valley Championship. <laughs> I, I mean, that was strong. I mean, that... <laughs> Fez is trying to scream over the song. (laughs) Go ahead, Fez. Listen, I'm going to give you one last shot. I'm going to re- <laughs> recant and go down to 10 points and remind all that the NFL. 10. 10. The most, just ten. the most valuable of all time. And the, oh, I, we say that, but I still think it's in the NFL. There's got quarterbacks worth, worth 10 in college. You got to look at the replacement. When you say quarterbacks, level. you're wrong. There's one worth 10. Fair enough. So in college. Now let's play big bank, take little bank. That's it. Enough. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> Brad, Brad. Now, now is the perfect time to mention Brad's ego got himself into a little trouble. Uh-oh. He was so tough on Fez last week on the College Dream preview. Mm. He got baited into going on to the NFL Dream preview. And here's the commitment Brad made. He's going to make five picks, four likes on sides, one best bet, and... Matty Holt, Fez, and me, mm. it's it's sharp infested waters. He could lose. Let's do the math. on the five, If we all faded him on his best bet, 1,500 would be an action. And then 600 times 4, 2,400. So 3,900 oh. at risk. Potentially. <laughs> Potentially. Now, I know Matty Holt. He's a vindictive fellow. He said, even if he thinks he's a little minus EV, like let's say he thinks you're 50 and a half on a bet, he said he might press the button just to freak it, to rattle you. Wow. Throughout, you know, because think about it. If, if the amount goes, they always say, how much do you want to bet? And the people say, how much will make you nervous? Mm. That's a very sharp statement. Did you ever hear that one? No. How much do you want to bet? Well, how much will make you nervous? Makes a lot of sense. I, I've heard how much will you have to bet that it hurts if you lose. But that's not near as good. Not near as good. <laughs> <laughs> so Maddie's figuring he can make Brad nervous. If you don't listen to the NFL pod, or if you ever miss weeks, don't miss tomorrow. I Brad, I think you're in a you're in a likely lose financially. Yep. But brand wise, you're in a you're in a. Uh, I think you can't lose. 200,000 listeners to that podcast. Well, yeah, but what, yeah, you're going to get exposed to a new audience. You were smart enough, I think, to say not last week, you wanted a week. So be honest. Did you prep extra? I did. How much? How many hours? Be honest. Uh, An extra four or six. And you hit 57% in the NFL last year. 70% documented this year. 70%. Oh, but boy, that's, you sound like Fez, uh, the square ball on your seven picks. All right. So here's what I'll say. Listen, I think you're, I think you're good in the NFL. I can't wait. Cause to (laughs) me, if you win, you're going to have bragging rights. If you lose, it's like, of course. Yep. Of course. It's a free roll. Now, Ken, I'm going to make you an offer because you two are buddies. He does your your uh, Kate on show every mm-hmm. Friday for what four hours, Brad? You said 
Seven to nine, two out. Oh, just oh, you said it felt like four. <laughs> I didn't say any of that. My no, goodness. No, actually, wow. it's a great show because they run down the whole weekend. I mean, it's no, he a, does two. He gets paid for four. Oh, it's one of those class. Are you talking about like shrimp cocktail or something? It's one of those <laughs> classic rundown shows where it's a game. And then again, these guys have a depth of knowledge. Have you ever heard of cross booking? No, Fez, you've heard of that, right? I've heard the term. Oh, so in poker, you can cross book by saying if two people make a bet, you can cross book it and say we are replicating that bet. So let's just just, like the big short. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. It's like a derivative in a way, right? But it's exactly the same. So, Ken, if you want to cross book Brad with me, meaning any bet Brad makes with any of us, you and I have a second version of that. I'll do it. And and I'll lay you I'll I'll give you plus one oh five. You mean on the NFL? Yeah. Plus 105. So in, in theory, let's say that there's uh, three bets we do against them, and it's 600 bucks is at stake. You know, probably won't be much, I don't think. Maddie holds a lot of talk. We would then have a $600 bet, but you'd be at plus 630. So I'm giving you plus 105. Cross book, cross book Brad. NFL? Just well, NFL you're talking? Yeah, it's tomorrow's dream preview NFL. Uh, I, when it comes even to even a one oh five, I don't care. When it comes to when it comes to college football, you can cross book me with Brad. But when it comes to NFL, your strength is NFL. Fezzik's strength is NFL. I don't go against guys where their predominant strength. No one thing. Does that cause your confidence, Brad, to drop? No, I'm I'm good. I'm excited. <laughs> like I look I said, forward to the like opportunity. Like I said, I'll, I'll do it on his college because I I know his well, college. Fez was the baddest guy in town until I showed up. <laughs> Very aggressive. What the? All right, all right, all right. <laughs> the funny thing is, they're doing drops. It's like we. It's like it's. <laughs> they're saying, "Well, we don't have the board, so I'll do this." He was the baddest cat around until I showed up. The fest says, "Very aggressive." <laughs> you guys aren't near as good as the drops, so please, yeah. Brad. You should have stopped. No, you should just stick in your. You are Freddie Fanny Pack. Mm. That was excellent. All right. Next game. We done with that game? Yeah, we're done. All right. Rapid fire. Michigan favored by 17 and a half at home against Maryland. Brad, lean or like? Yeah, I lean on the Wolverines here. And it's, I'll use your phrase. It's a classic school ground bully. Another game that Michigan gets an opportunity to exert their will on somebody, make the final look really good. That's been the case at least the last three years when they played Maryland 3-0 and against the number average cover by 16 points per game i think this is a, another michigan blowout win the only thing the reason it's not a like for me is michigan's got a couple of really big games on deck against wisconsin and michigan state and they're off a to the wire game against northwestern it's not a perfect spot for the wolverines so you think harbaugh is a bully absolutely he smells <laughs> what do you think Ed? I'm the same thing. I'm leaning Michigan, but I respect the job that interim coach Matt Canada has done for Maryland, and he's probably auditioning to get that full-time job once they officially rule that Durkin's going to be gone. So still waiting on that. But yeah, Michigan at home probably jumps out to a lead instead of waiting till late in the game like they did in Evanston last week against Northwestern, nearly came back to bite him. 
What's Michigan in the AP? What's Michigan in your po- in the Vegas poll, Brian? Uh, they're around 14th or 15th in the AP poll, and I st- you're going to give me a hard time for this. They're in my top 10 in my power rings. I think I have the Wolverines right around 7th. What does the Vegas market have them, you think? Right around 7th. Uh, they're a team, uh, even though they've lost a game, is trading right around 25-30-1 for national championship bots. Here's my theory on Michigan. I think there's certain good but not great college football teams whose offense is broken play offense. They have a uh, fast, good court, or a, let's just say an athletic quarterback, maybe not a great passer, maybe not even a good passer, but when they play teams, they are clearly better than their defense is dominant, dominate the line. And then they break a couple of plays. And I'm not talking about when they're favored by 40. I'm talking about favored by 14, favored by 17. And when you add in Harbaugh's bully factor, I think they are a good bet in some spots as a favorite Michigan. But when they play the elite teams, the defense is so fast that those broken play touchdowns or eight-yard gains, and then the offense, they can't do a you know 12-play drive or whatever against a good D. And they're stuck. Ken, I respect your college. I mean, you've been doing this a long time. Your college take a ton. I haven't heard that discussed a bunch. Does that make sense? And do you think Michigan falls into that? I do. I think Michigan's got a uh, a high ceiling, but they haven't come close to hitting it. And again, they're missing one of their better running backs the last couple games too. So, uh, but I, I. But, but the I, idea, I think the, the idea of on. that athletic quarterback being effective with broken plays except when they're playing a super elite team. That mean, yeah, I mean that makes sense. It's, evi- it's evidence from their from their game yeah. so far this year. I actually would say they have a low ceiling. I think that they're very predictable where they can beat everyone who's not in the top 10 and then when they play a top 10 team, they can't beat them. Yeah, it's a good point. And and do you believe Harbaugh Brad is uh does try to run it up? I mean, well maybe run it up isn't the right word. Uh he's pretty motivated to get margin in many spots. Yeah, I would say more often than not, he, he's motivated to, to put one on someone, especially Scott Frost, which we saw a couple weeks ago. Next game, Stanford favored by five and a half, hosting Utah. Let's see here. Ken, you like? I like Stanford. Oh. And the reason being is, you know, here they, they're coming off a tough game. Yeah, they get beat last week in a, in a game at Notre Dame that, you know, we all, I expected them to lose a game. Uh, Notre Dame making the quarterback switch. But I like the way that Stanford hung in there for a good portion of that game. Surprised me that it wasn't, you know, early Notre Dame taking off. I think Bryce Love found a little bit last week. He looked the healthiest that I've seen until he got banged up again. But they're going up against Utah. You talk about Michigan having a boring offense. Utah's got one of the worst offenses as far as playmaking. Tyler Huntley's very predictable. They got one running back in Zach Moss. Their best receiver has got to be 130 pounds soaking wet, Britton Covey. This guy has gotten drilled against Washington. I'm surprised he's still playing. I mean, this kid's tough as nails. But I really look at this Utah team, and as much as I love Whittingham and his special teams and his blue-collar teams, this team's up against it against Stanford's offense. And Stanford's offense isn't great, but against Utah's offense and being at home at the farm, 
I think there's a significant defense. I think Stanford outscores him by double digits. He likes it. Ken Thompson likes Stanford. Now, Brad, you lean the other way. Yeah. This could be a button pusher. Uh, it's not, but I do lean with Utah here. A couple of reasons. Number one, Bryce Love, the the running back, the All-American, at least coming in in the season for Stanford, rolled his ankle late in the Notre Dame game. He's 50-50. And what we've seen from already Stanford this year, they, they're talking about it in the preseason, being cautious with Bryce Love as far as carries and total touches. He's already sat out out a game where no one really knew before the game that he was going to sit out against an FCS team. I think they're cautious with them that with uh, Bryce Love. That makes them a little bit, I would say, one-dimensional on offense. And on the flip side, you look at just Stanford the last couple of games, I think this is a team that's relatively overrated. I mean, other than a couple of fluke plays against Oregon, that should have been a double-digit loss for Stanford. And then last week, they lost by three touchdowns to Notre Dame. And I, I can make a case, if you go to the box score, you look at a couple of missed scoring opportunities for Notre Dame, that should have been a five touchdown win for the Irish. So I think generally speaking, Stanford's a little overrated. Faz, you lean the same way as Brad. The buttons here calling. No button. I do have a derivative bet for you. I right, go for it. All right. Uh, Stanford's one of the college football teams that when they win the coin toss, they take the ball. Shaw has been very explicit about that. So a first quarter bet on Stanford or what I'm going to recommend Stanford to score first, probably have to lay Probably about minus 150 looks like a good bet to me. Does he do that without love, though? Yeah, I think here's here's why it's only lean for me and not a like. Utah was fully exposed past defense last week against Washington State. No love, so what is Stanford going to do? Likely pass the ball. Well, they're capable of passing it this year with KJ Costello and Arcega Whiteside on the uh, on the outside at wide receiver. So and two good tight ends in Smith and Parkinson. So absolutely. What's going on with Bryce Love? Hmm. I mean, he had the really bad game early. He sat another game. Yep. I mean, is this something like with these running back? These running backs going to start worrying about their carry? And I'm not saying it's wrong or right. Even in college, is it like he lets overprotect this guy? Maybe. And Stanford was one of those first teams with Christian McCaffrey, one of the first guys to sit out a bowl game. Yeah, but he played last week. He had the nice touchdown run last week, and then all of a sudden, he did, he I mean, I mean, it was as quick as I've seen him. But then maybe that's making the point. If there were some type of injury or something, if he's just if he's just as physically gifted, performing just as well today, why are the results so different? Well, I'll say that the glaring thing to me was in that Pac-12 media days, and we talked about this on the Straight Out of Vegas, when David Shaw, the head coach at Stanford, says, hey, it's not about stats this year for Bryce Love. It's about getting him ready for the NFL. And you pointed that out yeah. on the weekend show. And that's where I thought, hey, I'm not betting Bryce Love to win the Heisman this year. I don't think he's going to come close to last year's stats. Next game, Alabama. <laughs> the debate is, is this the best team this century, that's a valid debate right now, favored by, oh, 35 and a half against Arkansas. Brad, you like it. Yeah, I do. I like Alabama, believe it or not, in the first half. Uh, you Look, Alabama's been historically good, especially in the first halves this year, where they're they're 5-0 and against the number in the first half, even though you're laying a lot, little extra juice. But I haven't seen the markets really attack the first half. When you half. say laying the extra juice, what do you mean? I, well, let's say, for instance, uh, last week uh, they were laying for the full game against Louisiana Lafayette 48. In the first half, they were laying 31. Had no problem covering it. Now, what's the typical split, Fez, first half versus game when the spread's that high? I thought it was even a little bit higher. So I think they're just following the chart. If anything, they're not adding any extra vig to these Alabama games. I thought they were just a little, but uh, I mean, no one's betting. It's not so like, again, I think the vig is the vig implies a lay price. 
right? So if they're saying minus three, minus 120, that's... And again, it's just for the listeners. I think what you got is there a premium on Bama in the first half. And minus 31 is cheap for a minus 48 point favorite. So you're saying right now 30... Okay. And how about in this case, Brad's saying he sees a 24 and in the first half and Bama's 35 and a half. Is that cheap? That's not cheap. Okay. So there is a premium potentially. You still like it? I still like it. I mean, keep in mind the first five games, 39 to four in the first half. If Saban is putting the pedal to the metal in the first half, he's not taking off until late in the game. Ken, you lean Bama. Yeah, there's a major speed difference all around both sides of the ball. Look, Morris will get some speed players. He'll get some good receivers right now. Ty Story, the quarterback. I mean, this team only had 11 first downs last week on a neutral field against A&M. So they're going to be up against it trying to even get eight first downs against Alabama. And uh, two is just too darn good. And, you know, here's the thing. Most people think when you rest your starters – Play is probably going to fall off. But when you have a kid that's hungry like Jalen Hurts going in there, they're still going to let him toss the ball around and do what he needs to do. And that's why that score could still escalate. Next game. Oh, Fez, you've got a total in this one. Yeah, I lean under. And I'm going to be honest about this one. After extensive negotiation, my best college football totals expert who's been holding out on me, I've secured his numbers for the rest of the year. Okay, so you're going to have them for the pot. Yes. Is this because Brad's coming with the big guns and you're saying I, you're you're coming over the top? Well, I got to do something to hang with, <laughs> with the big brain on Brad. Oh, oh that I, seems sarcastic. It was. I like it. <laughs> now. <laughs> I like No that. talent. I'm not talking about talent. I said genius. Genius. Okay, so... <laughs> Brad, do you want to press the button? And you like over in this game? No, no, no press. Fez, we got one. Me and Fez are going head to head. A little tease to later in the show. We there will be a, a button. Uh oh. Well, if it's a crossfire, it's an auto bet, yeah. baby. You oh, can't yeah. crossfire without yeah. betting. We don't mess around. There's no uh, monopoly money here. Next game: Florida State, Miami, Miami, thirteen, thirteen. Fez, you like this one. I sure do. Uh, Not so much a bet on Miami, a bet against Florida State that the betting marketplace has had difficulty realizing just how bad this Florida State team really is. They got a completely phony, straight-up win last week against Louisville, where Louisville had the game secured. I say we keep fading Florida State till they fix their problems. Okay, I'm going to put everyone on an alert. I'm thinking about pressing the button, but I want to hear what Brad has to say and Ken. Brad. Yeah, I mean, I'm leaning with on the other side here uh, on Florida State. And, and you talked about a phony misleading win. It doesn't get any bigger uh, misleading or, or more phony than what Miami had last week where they converted three touchdowns, defensive touchdowns, first ACC team to do it since 2006 last week against North Carolina. That was a pretty much... I would say a game that Miami should have won by 14 turned into a 37-point win for the Hurricanes because of those three scores. Phony win last week for the Hurricanes creates value on Florida State this week. Ken? 
Well, Florida State, very phony win last week as well. I mean, Cam Akers, their leading rusher, 28 carries for 78 yards. I mean, if they, they didn't have Nyquan Murray, I mean, this guy's the, really their own only game-breaker. Francois, actually, a uh, good quarterback. If we remember back, you know, starting for uh, Florida State against Alabama, and we're, we had this guy way up here as uh, one of the better quarterbacks in the country. But Miami made a quarterback switch last week, went to Perry, and I just don't think Perry's a good passer. They took the ball out of Rozier's hand, so we'll wait and see how things pan out but I would lean Miami just because they're at home and they figure this is a down year for Florida State Willie Taggart struggling as as a coach and I think Miami if I had to play it I would lean Miami but I'm going to stay away from this one one more like on a line move projection I like this spread to go higher I would be willing to bet that at the minus 13 what would be graded at versus the closing number more likely to go up than down Mm. Before you push that button, RJ, I do want to say I originally really liked Florida State in this matchup getting that kind of number. They haven't been getting double digits against Miami since 2002. Here's what did worry me. One key stat, Florida State's uh, bottom five in the country as far as allowing sacks and tackles for loss. Miami's defensive line, number one in the country, 60 tackles for loss already. Francois is going to have a lot of problems running for his life there. So, Fez, how confident are you when you say – uh, I'm Fezzik. I I am Elmer J. Fudd, millionaire. I own a mansion and a yacht. And I've got an opinion on a line move. How confident are you? Confident will move at least half a point. Okay, so give me 13 and a half, and mm-hmm. you've got a bet. On the line move? No. Uh, on this, on the, on, you like Miami, right? I do. You're saying at minimum it's going up a half a point. Yes. I'll take 13 and a half. And it sounds like I could have the worst of it. And at worst, you got a fair line, no Vic. No, I want to lay 13. Oh, my. I mean, I 13 mean, and 13 and a half. Yeah. Seriously, you just said you're very confident it's going up. And you said it could even go up more. I just lost a bet by half a point to you on Monday Night Football. I, I I'm, I'm, I'm going to like. But you think you'd be ready to want to come back and redeem yourself. Nope. I'm being I'm, I'm tightened down the, the baton. What's the term? Batting down the hatches. I'm batting down the hatches. I'm showing a, a, a little disappointment. I'm going to make thing. a cultural reference. Could someone please tell me what to make? <laughs> <laughs> What's that term again? Just say what you mean if you don't know the term. <laughs> I mean, Brad, that's kind of, I mean, I'm yeah. shocked. I thought it was like a sure thing he'd bat that. Yeah. Wow, I am. You got I, him shaped. He's I, shook. I, I mean, seriously. I mean, listen, I, I think you, it's going to hurt your brand so much. If you do this now, I'm going to give you another chance. I really am. Shall we play a game? Give me 13 and a half, and I'll give you minus 101. Deal. It's a bet. <laughs> Look at Mackie. Mackie Shay. What's the theory that I just took him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. We got a bet. The minus one oh one swayed him. I think I think you just I think you just made me pay an extra penny in Vega and I to, to get me to agree. Jeez. I, I know. So if, if you It's if you done, win. let's move on. <laughs> Next game. Here's my theory on that. And all joking aside, the guys who are juniors and seniors were recruit who was uh so let's think about that. They were coming in Four years ago, we forget red shirts, right, Brad? Florida State was a top three team at that point. I mean, if you had to say the true powers, it was Alabama, 
Ohio State, Florida State, and Florida State, right? Yep. Yep. They were recruiting those guys then. I get everything's been upturned, topsy turvy, but guys that talented in state. This is the. I had a theory like this last year. I can't remember the exact game. Oh, it involved Florida State against Clemson. Okay, same similar handicap. Now you lost that bet, but that was yeah. one of the worst beats of the entire season. But that was a very strong handicap. Florida State, as a seventeen point dog, was leading that game outright. Played one of their best games of the entire season. There's five stars up and down this team. Yep. Obviously, something's wrong. But if they're ever going to come together, it's a game like this. And man, look, I thought they kind of turned the corner last week. Yeah, it was a misleading game. They probably shouldn't have won. But when you finally get over that hump and finally get some positive news come your way, I think they are going to be at least pretty motivated for this game. Next game, Texas, Oklahoma, Red River. Shootout, Sooners, minus eight. Let me see. Ken, you like the total. Yeah, you called it a shootout. I think it'll be a shootout because I think Oklahoma and Kyler Murray, they'll set the tone. And I think Ellinger is good enough to be a counterpuncher and lead Texas uh, down the field. Little Jordan Humphrey still one of the better receivers in the country for Texas. And so I see these teams exchanging a little bit of an air raid. I don't think it's going to be a conservative game plan for uh, Texas. I'd like to see Herman open it up. And I think this game's got a, a good chance, Red River-wise, to be... Uh, you know, and I don't know, somewhere around uh, 65, 70 points. Brad Powers has the button in his hand. Woo, dog. I'll take that bet. <laughs> I'm going to go under. Uh, just And this is more. I, li- I like that. I'll yeah. take that bet. Yeah. I like it. Uh, and, and the reason being, I just think Texas's defense doesn't get enough respect. Everyone has seen those two season openers the last two years where they've just gotten crushed by Maryland, giving up, I think, like 43 points per game in those two games. Reality is, you take those two outliers out, this is one of the best defenses in the country, allowing 18 points per game. It's an early start time like it usually is. Last year's game was very slow-paced. Texas has been relatively conservative on offense. I'm going under the total. I'm going to take that bet also. All right. <laughs> Ken looks upset. And some of it was, I'm not upset. Some of it was Ken's body. I, you know, I picked up on RJ's, you know, picking up body language. Like, you just weren't too into that handicap. And I got, you just didn't seem confident. You know what? Here's the thing. Because I leaned on, on both sides. I looked at this game from a side, from taking the side. And then I said, you know what? Oklahoma is going to get out, and it's crazy. You can break down all this stuff, but it's a Red River game, and all of a sudden, everything's out the door. Turnovers will happen. Crazy stuff happens. That sounds like like saying... We should flip a coin if everything's out no, the door. Murray, the quarterback, is such an explosive guy. I started thinking of the guys that are on the field for Oklahoma that make big plays. The only game they didn't is against Army in a game that they went in, didn't know how to stop the option, really looked like they didn't even prepare to stop the option. I think they're not worried about what Texas brings to the table. Remember, Texas only has four starters back on that defense. Point of reference, my math geeks that ran all their numbers make the game 62.4. Mm. Well, so there it seems 10. like you should like the over two, and we'll yeah. bet you too. Okay. You want to do it? Let's do it. Oh, I like Woo-hoo! this. I love that button. All right. So, Brad, we've, me and you each have, we have 400. Let's think about this. I've got 200 against Ken. You got 200 against Ken. We're on the under, they're on the over. And then same thing with Fats, two and two. Yep. So we have $800 in action. Yep. Who you like, Mackie? <laughs> He's just going where the paycheck's are. No, Mackie, listen. Mackie, he won last week, right? He's one for one. You want 100, Mackie, against me? 
Do it. <laughs> Mackie in the house. Damn, this is. I mean, I might retire after this because this is this is how I came up. These kind of yes. things. You guys came up in your little hothouse flowers on the farm. I love it. All right. One last thing about this game. And I actually like, I like, if anyone wants to press the button on me, I like Texas. And here's why. And this was a solid, solid verbal podcast. They said Oklahoma is built to beat Big 12 teams. And Texas is the only team in the Big 12 not built like a Big 12 team. Makes a lot of sense to me. In the last five years, Texas, 5-0 and against the number, average cover in this rivalry by 15 points per game. And to me, it's styles, right? And, and I just have a feeling that, that oh, do you agree with that, that Oklahoma is built to beat Absolutely. Big 12 teams? Absolutely. And do you agree that Texas is yep. less conventional Big 12 yep. team? Hmm. Fez, you see, you lean on Oklahoma. Want to go another two? No, because ah. Texas, you know Texas has been so good in that underdog role. Also, just a lean. You got it all, Backy. All right. Next game: Auburn, Mississippi State. Auburn favored by three and a half on the road. A little extra vig, minus one fifteen. Brad, let's start with the side. Can you like Mississippi State? You know, this is a, a team right now that's looking for identity, and they got to get it together because Joe Moorhead's supposed to be this great offensive coordinator that comes in from Penn State and uh, has really struggled. In fact, last week, 202 yards of offense. So what are they going to work on in practice this whole week? They're going to work on getting the ball around and spreading it out. Look, you got Hill and Williams, two dynamite running backs, but you got to get them in space. And I think against a very overrated Auburn team, again, this team hasn't even left home outside of the neutral game that they started. They have not played a road game. They're going to go to Starkville. Mississippi State's there two weeks in a row. Look, I don't know what's wrong with Fitzgerald, but I will say this. If he struggles anymore, you may see Thompson, the young rookie, get in there, uh, the young freshman. I mean, this guy is a guy that's you know played against lackluster competition at the beginning, but he's been very strong as far as being a dual threat. So he's somebody that adds some speed. I just think Mississippi State, it's a good spot because they're at home, and I want to see what Auburn can do on the road. Fez, you lean the same way. Yeah, I think the problem with the offense at Auburn is the O-line. They only had one returning starter there, and that's going to be a problem all year long. Now, Brad, you worked for Phil Steele for seven years. One of his concepts is O-line cohesion, experience matters, but it matters early in the year. Yep. Is Auburn's line... Uh, trending up? No, actually trending down from where it was at the start of the season. Uh, several injuries on the offensive line. They've been mixing and mass- matching each of the last three games as far as the lineup. you got a couple of starters that were starting the first couple of games. They're out of the lineup. Auburn, the last two weeks, has failed to top 100 yards rushing, and they haven't been playing the 85 Bears. They've been playing Arkansas and Southern Miss, so one of the reasons why I like the under here, I can't see how Auburn has success on the ground against Mississippi State, and on the flip side, I'm worried about Mississippi State. You talked about only 202 yards for Mississippi State last week. Well, the week before, they only had 201 yards against Kentucky. They look out of sync offensively. As disparate as a result as I've seen in college football this year, Mississippi State's offense the first three weeks, the last two weeks, I don't think they're solve their issues against a really good Auburn defense. So Brad, you actually have like, yeah, I like the under uh, under 44 and a half. My guys make it 40.8. I think you got yourself Ooh. a winner. Thank you. Fez, are, you are you just going to give the numbers every time? So, so, so by the way, 
Mackie, make sure you book that total correctly. It's 60 and a half everywhere. Somehow Ken found a 60 somewhere, some crazy 60. It's 60 and a half everywhere. All right. <laughs> Ken's no. always getting the best number. Yeah, okay. Well, I, whatever the spread is there. I mean, Brad, I, I got it off there. I just oh, put, okay. I just put oh, like yeah. over. I just, yeah, and, yeah. no, it, it, just a point five didn't. Yeah, uh, no, when yeah. I sent in the notes, it yeah, could have been different. No, no worries. Yeah. Just so we get the right number, Brad. No, yeah. no, you you sent it incorrectly when I Peace elaborated on it. it just didn't, the point five did not. Ken's getting rattled. Yeah. Uh, you rattled, Ken? No. We're going to win by a touchdown, Ken. I'm not worried about it. Fez hasn't won for a while when he's bucked. I would not want to be on Fez's <laughs> side right now. We're not just on Fez's side. <laughs> I'm rewatching The Sopranos. The first couple seasons, when Polly, whenever he makes a joke and no one really listens, he'll tap the guy beside him and retell the joke. He goes, did you hear what I said? And then he'll repeat the whole joke again. <laughs> it's kind of what I wanted to do here. I had my drop and everyone's talking. I'll do it again. Ken, are you rattled? I don't rattle, kid. <laughs> Not rattled. Let's roll. <laughs> the next game. Oh, or wait, we had Auburn. Oh, last thing about this game. Do we reevaluate Washington because of how bad Auburn's looked? Because the takeaway was SEC country, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we, we do to a certain extent uh, because outside the BYU game, Washington hasn't set the world on fire since that Auburn game. And I got to think if Washington's in the mix as far as playoff discussion, I mean, you lost to what's going to be maybe the third best team in the SEC West. That's not going to look. You talk about a quality loss. It's not going to be that big of a quality loss when considering that Auburn is not going to stack up even against you know the rest of the teams in their own division. You're listening to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. The fall's most kick-ass new drama is about to kick off. Wednesday, October 10th, the highly anticipated new series, All-American, premieres on The CW. Suspense and superhero mastermind Greg Berlanti, producer of massive hits like Riverdale and Black Lightning, is now about to kill it in the sports genre as well. Inspired by the local football hero Spencer Paysinger, All-American is about a high school football phenom from South Central who gets recruited to play in Beverly Hills. Tay Diggs crushes it as Beverly High football coach Billy Baker, a former star player in his own right who sees himself in Spencer. Coming off of two losing seasons, he also sees Spencer as his ticket to job security. Billy promises Spencer the chance to someday go pro and give his family a better life. The relationship between a coach and a player who each have everything to lose is the driving force behind some pretty intense drama, both good and bad. If you could draft a fantasy football team for the fall, TV, All-American would be in a league of its own. Catch the series premiere of All-American Wednesday, October 10th on The CW. Now back to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. The Ohio State Buckeyes favored by 25 hosting Indiana. Brad, you like the dog. Yeah, this is going to be probably, you know, one of those handicaps you heard 20 years ago, but I just like the spot for Indiana, but catching the Buckeyes off that emotional last minute win over Penn State. The fact that Ohio State's a little bit banged up on the defense Who's side of the ball. Who's they got next week? 
the Buckeyes don't have anybody for like the next like three or four weeks. The, the, well, they played a very tough schedule. Very tough. Two top fifteen teams on the I road, agree. right? I agree. So why why when I said that did you like pause? Oh, I was thinking. If they had I mean, that's about as tough as you get. Well, let, let, there's the big six, right? Yep. Amongst the big six, who's had the toughest schedule? Mm. Wow. Well, Ohio State or Notre Dame, just because uh, they've both played. What's Notre tough. Dame's tough games? Michigan and Stanford, but both at home. Come on. So the Buckeyes both being on the road, the Buckeyes have. You know, Notre Dame's only got one more home game. Yeah, that's unbelievable. But they play those kind of money games, like in Sarah. They play in New York. Yeah, they got a couple of neutral site games. All right, so Brad, you okay? You finished with the Indiana take? Yeah, I mean, I've watched these Indiana Ohio State games the last seven years, and Indiana is, you know, obviously had a great success against the Buckeyes. Not as far as winning the game straight up, but covered six of the last seven, and average cover by double digits, ten points per game. Indiana seems to be a bad matchup historically, at least last seven years against the Buckeyes. Faz, you like the total. Oh, you know, actually, let's talk side first. Can you lean Indiana? Tell me why you don't like it. What's holding you back? Because I respect Ohio State's speed, and I respect them being at home, and I also heard Urban Meyer say, we've got to play better than we did in the second half against You're thinking there might be even a sense of, let's let's have one good game to kind of clear our palette of... The coach, the man has spoken. Yeah, that's, that's pretty clever. That's pretty powerful. All right, Faz, you like the total. Yeah, I like the over. I think it's all about an overreaction to the Penn State, Ohio State, lower than expected scoring game. Kudos to Brad, who nailed that. But we see this a lot. Big games oftentimes do go under. Teams are more conservative. I expect that we'll get back to the Ohio State being completely unstoppable, but that defense has fallen asleep in games, including giving up 31 to a horrific Oregon State team to start the season. Okay, and the total in this game? Over 64. Okay, let's do a little something. There's this podcast. I, I don't I don't even think I, I don't know the name, but they've got like, from what I understand, they have, I think, either seven or eight listeners. Based, <laughs> I mean, sometimes the host mom is busy, and so it's seven and or eight. And this is what the podcast is. Fez, let's or Brad, you you actually were showing your acting chops. Let's do a little role play. You're going to be the host, all right? And you're going to ask me about games. So just pull up this, pull up, go to pregame.com, check out the game center. Let's go NFL. All right, NFL. Thir- oh, hold on. Good. NFL Thursday night action. We have the Colts traveling to take on the Patriots right now. The Patriots a 10 point home favorite. My number says it's 10 and a half. What's that mean? You lean Pats? Is that a bet? Well, the market says 10. My algorithm says 10 and a half. All right. To the next game. Baltimore travels to take on Cleveland off that big loss against the Raiders. Right now, the Ravens, a three point road favorite. Hey, can you get that mac and cheese? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Ravens, Browns, Ravens, three-point favorite. My number says three. The, so, alg- the algorithm. Algorithm. All right. We move along. Jaguars taking on the Chiefs. Chiefs off that Monday night game. Money starting to come in in the Jags. Chiefs right now only a three-point home favorite. <laughs> I think they get the point. Yeah. It's just you got to wonder. Oh. It's like, let me give some advice. 
let's be candid. If you're in this industry and you're not one of maybe two or three other people, you should be thinking, what's RJ doing that I can do? That's how I, whatever success I've had, it's, it's been looking at people successful and trying to figure out how I could, with my talents, how I could do something like that. Here's some advice. If you're doing a podcast, listen to it. Like literally just cause it's your voice. I know it might excite you, but listen to it. Is it any good? I mean, like who's listening? I, I listen. There's another podcast that that Lindman or what? I I can't. I never forget his name. I always forget his name. But it's actually dry as toast. But it's got great content. So now it's like okay, I'll listen. Like I'll gut through the dryness because it's got great content. But if you are going to be dry as toast and all you're going to say is, uh, "My number's three point two." <laughs> It's like, it's like, why not put a spreadsheet up and put it out on Instagram and call it a day? (laughs) Save some electricity. (laughs) I mean, Mother Earth, please. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We're up in the ante from this point forward, RJ. Oh, oh, you mean with our acting and stuff? No, I'm talking this podcast. Oh, you were exceptional in that ah, acting role there. But why are we up in the ante? This is like because what, from this like? point forward, oh my God, we have it... double like, we have crossfire, we have four best bets from the round table of wise guys. Jesus, it sounds like Brad wants my job host, and he sounds a little better than me. Well, let's do this. We we only have one commercial break. You know, when people listen to your pod, you actually have advertisers. <laughs> Here it goes: the one and only commercial break. These days, news travels lightning fast. I mean, when I won my 990 against everybody, it was all over the place instantly. That's great if you're a sports fan. Between status updates, breaking news notifications, Twitter feeds, you can always be up to the minute on every team and every game. Well, this is great for sports. It's the opposite when it comes to buying a car. Go online and you're bombarded with numbers, invoice, list price, dealer price, It's hard to know how to recognize a good price. Not anymore. Introducing True Price from True Car. It's the only price you need to know because it's exactly what you'll pay for the car you want, including fees and accessories. How do you know if the True Price is a great price? Because True Car shows you what other people paid for the same car you want, so you know how to recognize a good price. And your certified dealers know this, so they set their True Price competitively so they can win your business. So, when you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states, which means if it's available in yours, take advantage. Want to get an edge over Vegas in the books? BetQL is available for download. It's the only mobile app that puts this important research you need to make smart bets in one place. With BetQL, you can easily assess line movement to see how the lines have moved. This app gives you access to public betting trends in real time so you can see which side the public favors. BetQL's powerful algorithm gives users value bets on the day based off of a detailed recent and historical trends. You can also calculate your return on your picks and track them throughout the day. The best part of all, you can download BetQL for free from your Apple or Android device. BetQL.co to download the only app you need to outsmart Vegas. That's Bet. QL.co. BetQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer 
trusted by 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android. All right, boys. Up in the ante, as they say. Kentucky, Texas A&M. A&M, minus five and a half at home. And this is a double like plus a like on the total. Let's start with Ken on the side. You like? I like uh, Texas A&M at home, the 12th man. I'm going to take advantage of Kellen Mond coming up big in big games at home. like the way he played against Clemson at home. Threw for 430 yards in that one. Kentucky still too one-dimensional. And Terry Wilson, their quarterback, is a weak link. He's gotten away with it because the defense has stepped up and Benny, St- Benny Snell has stepped up. But Snell is going to get slowed down, I believe, by the A&M defense. That'll put more pressure on Wilson, who has two touchdowns, five interceptions on the season. He's a better runner, but I think A&M's going to force him to throw the football. If they can do that, A&M will take advantage. I look for Travion Williams to outshine Benny Snell over there in front of the 12th man and outgain him in this game. He had 152 yards last week. I think he goes over 100 this time and they keep Snell under 100. A&M rolls, wins by double digits. Brad, you like A&M also. I do like A&M, and you just mentioned Urban Meyer uh, comments and as far as the postgame. I was watching Jimbo Fisher after the postgame last week. In a win, after a win against Arkansas, was visibly upset. Just said, hey, we played our worst game of the season so far. Uh, he's grabbing players' face masks on the sidelines that went viral. I like that off a coach coming off a win. I think that uh, you get a max-motivated Texas A&M team. On the flip side, Kentucky, unique travel spot for them. They've never played at the 12th man. Kyle Field with this pressure. Yes, they've stepped up the last couple of weeks, but I think there's some added pressure now that they're in the top 15. I like the Aggies. Fez, the line move, you like the total, but the line move here opened up six and a half. I mean, there's some sevens oh. early, early, down to five and a half. Everyone's saying Kentucky's overrated. What do you make of the line? I mean, again, early line moves can be dummied up. What do you think? I always worry going against a line move like that. I passed on the side. No, no, I'm not asking you to handicap the side. I'm asking you, 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 wait a minute. You always worry about a line move from six and a half to five and a half? <laughs> well, what line move don't you worry well, about? Whenever then? I say a team is overrated and then money pours in on them, but, uh, is money pouring in from six and a half to five and a half? Money's or- coming in on the underdog, obviously. All right. Um, so, really, what you're saying is you have no idea. I have no idea. We could have saved time. <laughs> you like the total, though. Well, I got rattled because you just made this speech about how important it is to have good reasons behind your handicap. Or, or don't have any. I don't have any at all. I've got, a, I've got a math model that says over is a really good wager. And next week, I, I will make a commitment. To oh, wait. A hold on take. a second. You're saying you like over. What's your number? 57. And the number is 49. Yes. Oh, all right. That now that that's a good podcast. If we, we if we could Eight own, if we could only do that again and again and again for fifty five minutes, <laughs> we'd, we'd have something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boy, I want to play Kentucky here. Yeah. Oh look, you're like you made that. a strong case actually on the Straight Out of Vegas show. Yeah. You know Mark Stoops. Yeah, your allegiance to Mark. Well, Stoops. first of all, I don't talk with Mark during the season, but what I will say is this. It's an emotional team, and I don't want to start negotiating. If I could get seven, I would, but I know you guys won't give it to mm-hmm. me. So 
I don't like getting the word. Fez is okay. He didn't even say six. He said seven. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Let's start high. I mean, what the heck? <laughs> next game. So, Fez, just to be clear, you like over Kentucky NF. Yes. And what's your number? 57. Okay. You can't. I mean, I'm not getting any better than that. <laughs> Why don't I have a radio show? (laughs) It'll be funny. I mean, how how successful would we have to be on Straight Out of Vegas for me to go to the boss there and say, you know, Fox, and say, I'm going to do an entire show. It's going to be like Andy Kaufman (laughs) performance art. The whole show is going to be people reading games and me just giving my number for like the whole show. I think we can negotiate that in a few months. No, no. We better better kick butt for a few months. That would, I mean, it would be like Kaufman, man. Like just deadpan for the whole hour. Okay. (laughs) It'd be like, we're back. uh, Second segment. Let's pick up uh, game 107. (laughs) (laughs) The home team's favored by three. What's your number? 3.1. Three. Next game. I mean, just uh, <laughs> just deadpan the whole freaking out. Uh, that would be good. <laughs> no, Notre Dame, a team Brad said was the most overrated team ever. Did you say? No, just in college football. Just in college, just this year. This year, at one point in the season. <laughs> but he's backtracked. He's backtracked. We haven't really been able heard your take on that. On the pod, we've heard it on Straight Out of Vegas. Make your case on why you were wrong before, right both times. I don't know. No, I mean, clearly I was wrong. And all three instances came on the offense side of the ball. Number one, big switch at quarterback to Ian Book, major upgrade at quarterback. Number two, that Notre Dame offense line was really struggling the first couple weeks of the season. They had lost two top 10 NFL draft picks. So now that they've got into the season, new offensive line coach, they're starting to adjust. The players are getting more experience. They're playing well the last couple weeks. And third, in the Stanford game, they just got back arguably maybe a top 20 running back in the country. And Dexter Williams, he runs for 100 60 yards, all stuff I didn't factor in. It's not as fun when you won't like try to beg off. Like when you actually yeah. take responsibility, it's like, okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. I wasn't fun. I thought <laughs> no, I made up no, for I, with the no, Freddie no, fan I actually, I actually <laughs> like that you're learning to just yeah. take responsibility. Oh, yeah. Ken, have you really upgraded Notre Dame? I have with Ian Book at quarterback. I have upgraded him big time. Well, about 13 points you think he's worth? or. <laughs> No, because Winbush is still no slouch. Winbush just doesn't throw the ball well, but Notre Dame still plays well enough to win with him, and he's a better runner than Book. But, you know, they're different strengths, and right now Notre Dame needs to open up the offense. But what's it? Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, this is a crossfire. Hold on. A little swerve. All right. You wrote, okay, I always write it up top. Let's get to it. Now, this is great. So this is an auto bet. We've got Brad on one side. we got Fez on the other. I'm going to let Ken do the verdict this time. So he'll tell us who's handicapped. Now, Ken actually leans one way, but we're going to see if they can convince him. You know, Fez has been getting beat up pretty bad here. I'm going to let him start. Like Notre Dame here, I think it's all about the quarterback change. Not only is it a much better 
multi-dimensional quarterback in Book versus Wimbush who could not throw the ball at all. I think that has all the skill position players so much more excited to play offense knowing they're going to get the ball in their hands. Bottom line is Wake Forest, Stanford, Notre Dame absolutely rolling two teams. Market expectations too low on the Irish. Contrast that with the Virginia Tech team. I saw the entire second half of that Old Dominion loss. They were 28-point favorite. Usually when a 28-point dog wins, a lot of things happen that are somewhat fortunate. The ball bounces strange. There's fumbles and like, I'm watching that game and I'm like, ODU's winning this game when the game was tied. There was nothing fluky that I saw by the eye test. I can't believe the spread is less than a touchdown. I'll lay it with the Irish. Brad Powers. Strong handicap, Fess. Three main factors on why I'm on the Virginia Tech side. You talk about a quarterback change. Well, there's been one also in Virginia Tech. And you look at the injury to Josh Jackson, which happened in that old Dominion game. Their quarter, their replacement, Ryan Willis, might actually be a secret upgrade. Threw for 300-plus yards last week. Virginia Tech played their best game of the season. Outright upset a dominating wing over Duke a week ago. So they might have actually upgraded a quarterback, especially in the passing game. That's a hidden factor. Number two, Notre Dame, the last decade-plus can't win big games on the road. 3-15 and 15 straight up on the road against ranked teams, and you're telling me you're going to be laying a touchdown? I'm not buying it. And third, you thought the whiteout was a good college atmosphere last week, Penn State against Ohio State? This will be near that. Blacksburg at night unveiling a statue of Frank Beamer. And I'll tell you what, Enter Sandman by Metallica will be playing all night long. Give me the Hokies plus the points. Hmm. couple things jump out at me, and we'll get Ken's thoughts. Hmm. One is, this line was four and a half on Monday, right? Yeah. It's Tuesday. We're taping afternoon in Vegas. Fez, you're, you're just taking, laying two extra points, no problem? Line move, I think, happened in the last three hours, correct? No. Six in. No. And plus, you said, I can't believe I'm not laying more on a touchdown. Fair so, enough. I mean, I'm with the fanny pack, guys. Hip to be square. Ken, what do you think? I agree with Brad a thousand percent as far as Blacksburg. I mean, there's something about that place. Look, this is their Super Bowl. They know they were embarrassed against ODU. They took that game for granted. Sometimes you find yourself in a situation going like, what the heck's going on? Like Oklahoma found themselves in Norman against Army, tied going into overtime. Sometimes it happens. These are human beings. These are not machines. But Virginia Tech, Blacksburg, Fuente, everybody's going to have them ready. And here's the thing. Notre Dame's also banged up. One of their best linebackers, Drew Tranquil, may not play. If he doesn't play, that's a big loss on defense. Also, Armstrong, Jones Jr., both banged up. So that puts pressure on Dexter Williams. As big a game as he had last week, he's now the lone guy there that's 100%. So, uh, I, I and their Virginia's- top offense alignment's out for the year, Alex Bars. That's right. Alex, Alex Bars, left guard, he is out. Yes, so uh, th- that, that also, I have that note right there. <laughs> All right, here's what I have to say about this. My number on the game is 6.4, so <laughs> I'm backing with Brad, baby. Woo, dog! A victim of the infamous Malachi Crunch. Fez is just sitting there, but I, I'm like, I'm getting scared because we're now nearing less than 24 hours where I'm laughing and smiling now, but I got a funny feeling tomorrow I won't be laughing and smiling. Brad's update on the Virginia Tech quarterback has me concerned. <laughs> <laughs> Ken, you want to jump in? No, I'm, well, I'm, I'm with Brad. Oh, I, you mean against Fez? Yeah. yeah. 
Ah, oh, Fezzy, man. Fezzy, 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 Fezzy was good to me, man. He, he, he helped me out on a total. He helped me, he me out on a total. He's given the Duran no I moss. I won't, the no I, moss hand move. I won't pile on. I ate a big stick. <laughs> oh, it is tough. I mean, we've got, this is taking everything out three notches. Yes. No weaknesses. Yep. Don't, sh- don't ever get sick. That's Matty Holt. I'm telling you. Next game. Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Buy up your pad and pencil. I give you a piece of my mind. Go, Fez, go. All right, I'm on UCLA plus the 21. I am buying low on the Bruins. Obviously, they've been playing terrible throughout the year. Brand new head coach. I expect improvement at some point is going to kick in. And frankly, I think this is a good spot with an extra day against a Washington team. We talked about it. They really have not played well or nearly up to expectations. Horrible game against Auburn, who's not as good as we expected. And then you look at their quarterback. He was supposed to be really good this year. I don't know what's wrong with him. I don't know if he's 100%, but the eye test says he's not nearly as good as what he was in last year. And because of that, 21 looks like a mountain to me. I'll take UCLA. So, Ken, you actually lean lean the other way. Yeah, the reason I lean the other way is because Washington has to. They have to pile on all their games. They've got to blow out teams. Look, Fresno State went down to UCLA and pummeled them by 20-plus. So for Washington to do that, it's what they're going to do in the in the trenches, and they're going to wear down UCLA, kind of like UCLA was up 16-14 in Boulder, third quarter, only to see Colorado score the last 24 points. This UCLA team just doesn't have the depth. More importantly, I got to see the kid that's the quarterback for UCLA, Dorian Thompson Robinson, play right here at Bishop Gorman. This kid cannot throw the football on the on on the spot at all. I mean, he's not a bad runner, but his passes are so erratic. Look, he's a freshman; maybe he'll grow into it. But right now, I could not trust UCLA. So I lean Washington again. The spot better for UCLA, like Fez said, because of the Friday game for UCLA. So an extra day to prepare. At the end of the day, though, I don't want any part of Chip Kelly's team because these aren't his players. Brad. Yeah, I'm going to pass, but I'm going to give a little uh, nugget for Fez. Uh, if you're going to attack UCLA, I think first quarter, first half's better. Uh, UCLA's actually had some decent game plans going into it. They're actually an average team in the first quarter. It's a depth-shy UCLA team. They've had 15 players leave since the end of spring, uh, spring practice. Uh, I don't want any part of UCLA in these uh, third and fourth quarters. They're getting mauled in them. So if you're going to attack the Bruins, attack them in the first quarter, first half. So when you say attack, when you're, you want to play with play the with Bruins. Play with them, yep. Okay. I I love here's the thing if you're a gigantic batter and batting 10 dimes plus these derivatives or first half first quarter I can't get down what you need. For everyone else when you can find these handicaps that now again remember having half a game to exert the truth mm. is not as good as having a whole game. So I think you got to understand you better have a clear edge with these Especially a quarter bat, right? Because now it's only 15 minutes. It's one holding penalty swings the whole bat. But all that said, I love it when there's a a, a real clear reason. So first, uh, to do something other than the full game. First best bat, Steve Fezzik. No one taking the bet against him. He's got UCLA plus 21. Ken Thompson, your best bet is on the Boston College-NC State game. NC State favored. At home, 
by four and a half. I like NC State a lot. I like Ryan Finley. I think the guy's one of the most complete quarterbacks that nobody really talks about. This guy will definitely play on Sundays. Uh, the running game was a concern, but Person stepped up now to help Gillespie, Harmon, Amizi, these two guys, pretty good receivers, and that's what Finley needs, a couple guys to get the ball out to. Boston College, A.J. Dillon, their star running back, is banged up. He's questionable right now with an ankle injury. I, I think he'll probably end up going, but at the end of the day, they have Glennis, who's a pretty good backup that stepped in last week. Uh, also, their former quarterback and wide receiver Jeff Smith is also banged up and questionable. He's one of the dangerous uh, wideouts for Anthony Brown to get the ball. But again, Anthony Brown, what does he have trouble doing? Same thing that I talked about Thompson Robinson doing, putting the ball on the money. So Boston College inconsistent. It's a similar style game where they went to West Lafayette Lafayette a couple weeks ago against Purdue and threw four interceptions and got buried by Purdue. I think this is a good, solid home field advantage in Raleigh. I think NC State rolls by double digits over a decent Boston College team but a slower team thoughts brad yeah i lean on the nc state side uh the, I, I like you bringing up the purdue example because boston college a very rush heavy team doesn't see a lot of you know practice practice wise doesn't see a lot of vertical pass games so when they finally face it in a the game they struggle defensively that was the case against purdue now you're facing an even better quarterback in my opinion and finley lean on the wolf pack okay ken thompson best bet brad powers next yeah, I'm going to go uh, to the Big Ten. I'm going to take Iowa minus six and a half over Minnesota. So just to be clear, guys, right now, Tuesday, there's a there's a clear bunch of six and a halves and a clear bunch of sevens. And the money's coming on Iowa. So you're saying sooner. Sooner than later. Sooner than later. Uh, remember, guys, you can listen to the drink. You can even listen to someone say, my number is 7.2. It doesn't matter what you do. There's nothing you're going to do to help you win more. Than going from one sports book to two. If you have one only, and let's use this game as an example. If you have three outs, it's if it's just random, Fez, what? It's eight to one that they're all going to be seven. If half are on one, half's on the other, right? It's eight, four, one, I guess, seven to one. Is the idea of saying, okay, 80, so 87.5% of the time, you're going to get the better number here if you have three outs. If you have one out, you're going to get the better number half the time. You can't lay seven here if half the world's at six and a half. Now, if you're doing it for fun, okay, who cares, right? Have fun. It's like someone, like everyone's so excited about this movie pass thing. You can see like 20 movies a month. or My God, the, the, the bandwidth, it, and again, I'm lucky where, I bet against you guys, so I got a stack of hundreds in front of me here. I'm not gonna sit and <laughs> I'm not gonna sit and like think about reoccurring billing and all that to save four bucks on a movie ticket. Again, I would have 20 years ago, but not now. This is something where if you are trying to win, there's no better place to make improvement. Fez, you have 29 outs, is that correct? It changes daily. About 29 outs. About 29. And Brad, you read nine newspapers a day. Yep. That's that is the epitome. All right, go. Yeah, and I just love the spot here for Iowa. Off that loss against Wisconsin a few weeks ago, Iowa had a bye to regroup themselves. And believe it or not, you think Iowa, uh, you don't want to lay points on the road. Well, with Iowa, very consistent team. Plays good defense, runs the football, not a lot of high variance. They're 12-2 and two against the number. Last 14 times they've been an away favorite. And I just can't get over the mismatch in this one. Iowa's top three defense in total defense in the country against a Minnesota team that's got cluster injuries at running back, 
and are starting a walk-on true freshman at quarterback. I don't see how Minnesota scores in this game. Give me Iowa laying the six and a half. Is there any correlation in a parlay? Mm, that's a good point. I would lean with the under, but I don't see a strong correlation. The, the problem is I think Iowa's capable of scoring a lot against uh, Minnesota's defense. De- also, Minnesota's got some cluster injuries in the secondary. Any thoughts on this game, Ken? I agree with them. I mean, Noah Fan, also one of the better tight ends in the country for Iowa and Minnesota. I was against them a couple weeks ago against Maryland. Uh, people were betting Minnesota left and right because they beat Fresno State. Fresno State gave them that game through a halfback option pass on first down on the five-yard line. They had a chance to win that road game, and we know Fresno's a pretty good team. But Minnesota, they're in a lot of trouble. And I said at that time that I'll be going against them big time because when you lose a star running back, that 70% of your offense is built around whether you're faking to them or giving them the ball they're in a lot of trouble. All right, Ken Thompson, you've got your radio show. Thank you. Thank you, guys. By the way, speaking straight out of Vegas, 6 to 7 Eastern, 200 plus stations, nationwide Fox Sports Radio, iHeartRadio app, foxsportsradio.com. Ken came in on Tuesday, guns blazing. Great performance. He's going to be in most every Tuesday and Thursday on straight out of Vegas. Brad, got to step up your game. But if you do. do Freddie Fanny Pack like that, you got nothing to worry about. All right. No. Last best bet from Mr. Dave Essler. Free pick this week and no waiting until Saturday. Friday night, Louisville, Georgia Tech, Louisville plus three and a half. I look at Tech. Against Clemson, they had the ball for 13 more minutes, won the turnover battle, still lost by four touchdowns. Then they went to Pitt. That game wasn't nearly as close as the final score. They ran for 320 yards, and they were still down three scores entering the fourth quarter. Then they go to South Florida. 602 total yards at South Florida, 11 more minutes, time of possession, still found a way to lose. Last year, Tech 0-4 on the road in the ACC. Last three years, Tech is a road favorite, 0-4 against the spread, 0-4 straight up. I know Louisville gave it up late to Florida State, but they out everything the Knowles. Turnovers killed them. I think they adjust those turnovers, and I think the wrong team is favored here. Louisville plus three and a half. Thoughts, Brett? Yeah, I like Louisville, too. Uh, I'll further that trend as far as Georgia Tech as a road favorite. It's actually, you take it back a couple years further, 0-8. Against the spread as a road favorite, zero oh, and eight straight up, and lost four of those by double digits. They can't handle themselves on the road in the favorite role. Well, guys, we got tomorrow. We got NFL. Fez, what? What if I said make a line over under on how much Brad's going to lose? He's going to have thirty. He has potentially thirty nine hundred in play. What, what's your over under for his loss? Two hundred eighty five. Oh wow. Ooh. Ooh, I'll go over. That's a good note. <laughs> yeah, I'll go over. <laughs> he, he talked about hedging yourself yeah. out. But frankly, I'm, I'm going to wobble home and bandage myself up after the uh, beating that Brad has given me in this college knowledge podcast. I did want to mention Brad uh, alerted to me, me to this about option teams. They changed the pass blocking rules. Brad, maybe you can elaborate on why Georgia Tech maybe struggling in all the option teams this year. Yeah, it's just, uh, I mean, they've really cracked down on the cut blocking, so more penalties. So, so the, the refs have. The refs have, and it's been more penalties for the option teams, less offensive efficiency so far for a lot of these option teams. Well, listen, as I'm fanning myself with my stack stack of hundreds, here's what I'm going to say in closing. One, I'm, I'm going to send a picture out of my stack and the button. First time it's ever going to be seen outside the pregame.com studios at RJ in Vegas. It's going to go out on when, uh, Wednesday. 
world. I mean, we could act like that's no big deal, or we could do this. So I did that. All right. Number <laughs> number two, I, I want to talk to Brad and Fez quickly, but personally, I mean, I see why you, this might be something that would upset you paying me all this money, but I'm going to leave you with this thought. Ferrari, a Jaguar, switching four lanes on top down, screaming out money in the thing. Bubble hard in the double law, flashing the rings with the window crack, holla back, money in the thing. Jigga, I don't like it if it don't gleam, gleam in the hell with the price, but the money in the thing. Break down hard for my dogs that's locked in the bang. When you hit the bricks, new whips, money ain't a thing. Thanks for listening to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Catch the Wise Guy Roundtable each week. College football released on Wednesday, NFL on Thursday. Don't miss any winners subscribe on apple podcasts or wherever you listen visit podcastone.com and download the podcast one app have a question for rj you can contact him directly on twitter at rj in vegas live the dream with us each week